Welcome to this week's podcast from Oceans Church in Orange County. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. For more information, please visit our website at theoceanschurch.com. Well, hey, excited for today. If you're brand new to our church, if you're watching online, I would love it if you would share this right now. But uh, I think there's something really cool about sharing good news. And uh, this morning, uh, we're starting a brand new series. Anybody excited? Brand new series. Uh, we're we're going to start talking about, for the next three or four weeks, the idea of, hear me now, don't tune me out. I know it's a white noise word in the church, but I want to talk to you about, you don't know it, it's um, <laughs> disciples. And you're like, oh, that sounds exciting. It is exciting. I think uh, one of the big things we got to do in the day that we're living in today um, is we got to redefine. Uh, here's, here's my conviction. I expect the world to be crazy. I do. I expect people that don't know Jesus to live like they don't know Jesus. I expect wicked people to do wicked things, evil people to do evil things. My problem is, is when the church isn't what the church is supposed to be. And I was thinking, man, what we can talk about for the next few weeks, I was just praying, and I felt like the Lord said, I want you to remind my people We can't change what's going on out there all the time right away, but we can decide who we're going to be in it. We can decide the quality of what God does in us before he starts using us to shape what's going on out there. And right now we live in crazy times. Every morning you wake up. Really? (laughs) Just stop the sentence midway through and everyone's like, of course you do. You wake up and uh, you kind of rub your eyes and you go, what? chapter in revelations are we going to watch today on the news we are definitely living chaotic crazy unorthodox i would say out of the norm times and i am grateful that in a in a season of great persecution opposition darkness that god i believe is raising up people for his finest hour i do believe that god's not done with the state he's not done with america And it's going to be a great day for the church to stand up, come on, tall, and say God is still in control. Come on, anybody believe that today? I uh, I am convinced God is, he's moving, he's healing, he's restoring. I want to celebrate. We've had people get sick with COVID that doctors said they will die that have not died. And my friend Iman, true story, Iman, we've been praying for him. I don't know, three weeks ago, Molly, is that right? Four weeks ago, I was at your house, and they just told you that, that the doctor said, we've never seen anyone this far come back. They said, get his funeral planned. It's time. It's over. And we prayed in that house. I could smell death trying to attack a family. But I'm telling you, there's got to be people in America today that still believe that God can change things. And we prayed. Molly prayed. We cried out to God. The family rallied. We had everybody in the church start praying. Our whole prayer church uh, channel started praying. My friend Katie and some of my friends, Paul, we're driving to the hospital. We're walking in the parking lot. We're saying he's not going to die. He's going to live. Within 24 hours, they're like, oh, uh, appears to be making some progress. I'm not anti-doctors, but I'm I'm just not anti-God either. I'm telling you that God started a miracle, and they got a message about a week ago saying, we know definitively that he is not going to die. He is going to live. And I'm telling you, this is just the beginning of great miracles. If you believe it, come on, say amen. 
It's a miracle working God. So in this hour we live in, crazy hour of time and history, I think the most important thing we can do right now is we got to remind ourselves, look, we know what the world's going to be. The world's going to be the world. The real question is, is the church going to be the church? So I just want to remind you a little bit today, if I could grab your birth certificate called the B-I-B-L-E and remind you who the heck you're called to be in this dark hour. Is that all right? I want to read, I want to start off this series uh, reading the book of Matthew chapter 28. For those, those of you scholars in here, you know that's the last chapter of the book of Matthew. And maybe, maybe you're a non-believer today, maybe you don't believe in Jesus, you're like, what's this all about? This is still going to be good for you. I just want to talk to you though on the subject matter today of disciples, and uh, I want to talk about today the idea of being fully grown. Yeah. Say with me, fully grown. I'll explain, but uh, basically, um, before we start reading... You have a guy named Jesus who uh, is more famous than anyone that's ever lived. He, uh, he's done more, and, and we'll talk more about that here shortly. But basically, for three and a half years, he has a youth group of uh, 12 kids. He's got uh, maybe a 13, 14-year-old named John the Beloved. His oldest disciples, they say, scholars say he could be as young as 24 years old. And people are like, I don't like going to churches with young pastors. You wouldn't have liked the early apostles. And so they... Uh, these young guys spend three and a half years camping with Jesus uh, in a van down by the river. No, not quite. They follow him for three and a half years, and uh, they see miracles, signs, wonders. They don't attend church once a Sunday. They actually spend every day with him. I think you should go to church every week, but I think you should also spend every day with Jesus. And it says that he would live this perfect life. He would tell the ocean to shut up. And it would obey him. He would tell dead people to wake up and they would get back to life. And he, he himself would die a murderer's death on a cross that wasn't built for him. But he would get out of the grave three days later as we celebrated. For those of you that were here a couple weeks ago for Easter. And uh, when he came back to life, he's the only human being to come back from the dead that didn't die again. When he got out of the grave, he walked the earth for 40 days, right? Ten days later... Uh, 120 people were in an upper room and the spirit of God was poured out and that's when the church really began and so I want to read today it's right after Jesus gets out of the grave a couple ladies saw Jesus first the first preacher of the of the gospel was a woman oh man all some of my conservative theologians don't like that line (laughs) but guess what Mary a former demon-possessed woman was a preacher of the gospel yeah, God can use ladies. He can use ladies, guys. Those religious people get all offended at that stuff. I, uh, but uh, it tells a story about two guys, Peter and John, are buddies. And uh, after, the, after the resurrection, they have a foot race to the tomb. John is very clear that he outran Peter. Love there's a little bit of bragging in the Bible. And uh, when they get there, they see an angel. They say he's not here, for he is risen. And it goes on, they go back, back in with the 12, or the 11, excuse me. And when they get back in Matthew chapter 28, uh, Jesus addresses all of them. So this is right after the resurrection. Notice these are the last words. And this, can I just say, at the end of every movie, yeah. before the credits roll, this is the part of the movie that brings closure. Wow. This is the part of the movie that brings everything full circle. Yeah. 
So what he says at the very end of his ministry on the earth before the Holy Spirit comes, very important. Let's, let's, let's read what it says here. Uh, Matthew 28, four verses, starting in verse 16. And the 11 disciples, what were they? They were called what? Let me stop here. You're like, what's a disciple mean? Good question. It means a apprentice, a student, a pupil. Better yet, it's an invitation to end up like the person that you're following. It's an invitation. What's a disciple? It's an invitation to end up like the person that you're following. So it says the disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Some worship, some doubted. Can we all agree that's still happening today? Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority. How much? Say it again. How much? I want to remind Orange County. Not some, but all authority has been given to Jesus where? In heaven and on the earth and on Orange County and in California. Go, therefore. Say with me, therefore. Say one more time, therefore. Whenever there's a therefore in the Bible, you got to know what it's there for. <laughs> I'll be here all morning. Um, it's, a, it's a conjunction word that means it's trying to pull what happened before it was said and, it's, and the significance of what it's attached to what it's about to say. He says, all authority has been given to me. Go, therefore. Basically say it this way, because I have authority in heaven and earth, you need to go. Where are we going? That's what he says. I want you to go, therefore, and make disciples of a few nations. I want you to go and make disciples of some Christians. I want you to go to some churches and maybe make some converts of some Christians. What's he say? I want you to go and make disciples of all, all nations. Can I pause for a second? Is America a nation? There's Christians that believe, no, we're not called to make a difference in America. We're just called to make a difference in the church. It's bad theology. God has called us to make disciples of nations. I'll explain that in a second. How do you do that? Well, he says, I want you to baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And I want you to teach them to observe the things that I've commanded you. And guess what? I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. I want to talk to you today about full-grown faith. Full-grown faith. And the uh, next few weeks, we're going to talk about what it looks like to be a follower of Jesus and how that changes the world around us. Father, I invite you today to have your way. We thank you for everyone that took time on a Sunday morning to honor you in this house. I pray whether we're far from you or whether we're close, God, today would you meet us. We invite you to speak to move, to breathe, to heal, to deliver and restore. Show Orange County that you're still a God that's on the throne. Remind this county that you're still the God that can do the, do the impossible. Remind us that you're a miracle-working God. Lord, bless us today with your presence. We thank you to do great things for the Lakers, the Clippers, the Rams, the Chargers, and uh, the Dodgers, and the Angels. In Jesus' name, someone said amen. Spirit of division snuck in there at the end. I made a promise to my girls. I had a, who's ever had a low moment? Can we all? Any honest people in here? Who's ever had a low moment? You know the moment you're like, you worked out, you're all proud of yourself, and it's like 1130, and you're like, I think I have some ice cream bars. <laughs> low moment. 
I remember three, 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 uh, three years ago, I, I told our daughters that we were going to move to California. And it was a tough conversation. Uh, we were telling them that, you know, we were going to move away from all their family, all their friends, all their security. And we were going to move to a new place uh, with the ugliest million-dollar houses in America. And uh, I told them, I said, we're going to move. And, and it was hard, as you can imagine. I'm not trying to start this message off too sad, but it was a, it was a sad message. Let's go, George. This is sad. Uh, no, uh, I, uh, I told them, I said, we're going to move. And, and they started, you know, my oldest especially, started crying. And, you know, it's hard to see your kids cry. And when they cry, it's like they can pretty much get their way. I just, it's like, I don't know what it is about parents, but when your kids cry, I, I had a low, I had a vulnerable moment, okay? I did something when she started crying that I swore that I would never do. And she said, she's crying. I, and I was like, I just got to make this better somehow. And so I did the unthinkable and out of my lips to, to my own surprise, I said, when we move, I'll get you a dog. <sighs> It's like, what did I do? It's out. I'm going to be held accountable. And thankfully, we rented a house the last three years that didn't allow dogs. So I had an I had a excuse. But I guess good and bad, we bought a house. Have nothing else to hide behind now. I'm naked and exposed. So my daughters have been going, Dad, we, when are we getting a dog? So we're looking for dogs. And uh, I'm not excited about it. Some of you are. God bless you. Um, getting a dog. I love dogs for other people. But we've been looking at animals and dogs, and I was just, I was taken back at how many doodles there are in the world. Uh, in our investigation, my daughters want to get a sheep-a-doodle. That's the one they've landed on. A mini sheep-a-doodle. Yeah, the, not like the bear. The, um, we, uh, we were looking, though, and, and I was just... The, one of the questions I kept asking the girls is I said, how big is it going to be when it's full-grown? Look, we all agree. Puppies are cute. They chew on stuff, but they're, they're crazy, but they are very cute. I, I don't need you to talk me into how cute a puppy is. I've seen the pictures. I've been moved on Pinterest. Come on. I appreciate puppies. I need to know what does this dude look like when he's full grown? How much damage is he going to instill into the interior of my car? How? His claws, right? Wood floors in our house. How much damage are we talking here? What does this dude look like full grown? I, I, look, we, I know puppies are cute. What does he look like when he grows up? We've kind of been talking about this, and I was thinking, man, I just chalked up how many doodles there are in the world. I was like, I don't know. I had this, like, thought, like, maybe the guy that was the cranberry guy got into dog breeding afterwards. Because you go to the grocery store, and there's not just cranberry juice. There's cran apple, cran raisin, cran meat, cran bologna. It's like the cranberry guy's into everything. And he, he dominated the, the, the aisles of Target and Walmart. He's like, let's get into dog breeding. And now he does, he does doodles. Because I was looking, there's Bernie doodles, Labradoodles, Golden doodles, Sheepa doodles, Ozzy doodles, Goodles, Cava doodles, St. Bernard doodles. There's so many doodles. So I'm journeying through, and we kind of landed on the sh mini Sheepa doodles. But I was just thinking, man, what does it look like 
when it's full grown? I think a fair question to the atheist in the room is, what are Christians supposed to look like when they're full grown? Like, I know immature people. I've met some immature Christians. And just to be fair, I think all of us start off immature. No one comes out of the womb of being born again, fully developed. No one comes out with a beard. You're like, oh, you haven't seen my son. He came out, he was 12 pounds with a beard. Uh, babies aren't born full grown. Nothing dynamic in the world starts full size. Everything starts in seed form. Can I get an amen? And I was talking through this, praying through this with God, and I just felt like the Lord kept on pushing me and moving me. And he said, Mark, I want, to, I want you to remind my people what full grown believers look like. We have a lot of puppies in the body of Christ today that are chewing on the coffee tables of Instagram, peeing on some things on Facebook. Can I agree in here? Come on. We have a lot of spiritual puppies that are actually mistaking their political parties, more, more passionate about the donkey and more passionate about the elephant than they are about the lion and the lamb. I'm not against politics, but I'm just more for God. Can I get an amen? And I was thinking, what do we do? And the hour in which we live in to make sure that we keep the main thing the main thing. You see, I think our, our theology has to inform our politics. Our theology has to inform the way that we treat people. Our theology has to inform the way that we raise our kids, the way that we educate. Are you hearing me today? My relationship with God is first. And before I'm white, black, before I'm anything else, I am a child of God. Before I'm rich or poor, before I'm this or that, I am a child of God. What does a full grown? People say, well, Mark, how big do Christians get? I don't think size is a qualifier. Because quite frankly, I've seen kids in the seventh grade, seven feet tall. Like that, that's a grown man. Like, no, it's not. That's a man child. Full grown people, it's not size. I've learned that full maturity is not gauged by how tall you get. It's gauged by the ability to reproduce. Yeah, I feel like preaching a little bit today. Some of you think that you're actually spiritually mature because you know the Bible. No, 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 no. You're spiritually mature when you actually reproduce other people that love God like you do. Maturity is not gauged by how much you know. It's not gauged by how many services you attend. Going to church makes you a disciple like owning an oven makes you a baker. It's a good confirmation sometimes, but it's not evidence in and of itself. It is the ability to reproduce ourselves that determines are we really mature. Full-grown Christians actually know God in such a way that they start leading other people into the same glory. I believe that one of the things the Ocean's Church is called to do is not only to get people into the swimming pool of salvation, but we get them past the first two steps and start teaching them how to swim in the deep things of God. Christianity is as shallow as anybody can get into it. You could have mental disabilities and God will meet you where you are. I've seen God love simple-minded people and I've seen God blow the minds of the smartest people on the earth. We serve a God that is deeper than deep and, and shallower than shallow. He meets both. What is full-grown Christianity? What does it look like? And I was thinking through that this week, and, and he brought me to Matthew 28, and he said, all right, well, well these guys spent three and a half years with Jesus. They uh, saw him do miracles, signs, and wonders. 
They saw Jesus preach so good that people forgot they were hungry for three days at a time. I've been to some good church services, but I've never forgotten my appetite. Like, this guy better wrap this up pretty quick. I, uh, I realized these 12 young men, they saw Jesus do the miraculous. And they walked with him for three and a half years, at the very end of which he looked at him and he said, Hey, guys, all authority. And here's what I believe. I really do think that there's two emphasis. Mark makes the emphasis in Mark 16. It's a little bit different than Jesus' uh, emphasis in Matthew 28. In Matthew 28, he says, all authority is given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples. In Mark 16, he says, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, uh, these signs shall follow those who believe. I believe the two criteria of mature Christians is there's something about going and doing something. Really three things that you boil down, Mark, uh, Matthew 28, uh, those, those verses that we read, he says three things. He says, I want you to do three things. I want you to go, I want you to baptize, and I want you to teach. Say with me, go, baptize, teach. Good news is today, if you've never been baptized, this isn't your quinceanera. This isn't your sweet 16. This isn't your uh, rehearsal dinner. You don't have to have your mama, your grandmama, and your great-grandma here today. If you believe today, today's a great day to get baptized. Yeah, we can do it today. Oh, well, I want everyone that I know to be at church when I get baptized. In the Bible, they believed and immediately they were baptized. Some of you will get baptized after the service today in a little hot tub for Jesus. Jacuzzis for Jesus. Come on, right over there. I, I love this idea. He says, I want you to believe. I want you to go. Uh, I want you to go, I want you to uh, baptize, and I want you to teach. So I was thinking about this. Most people don't like hearing about the Great Commission because it makes us feel bad for what we're not doing. Can we be honest with church? Two types of sin in life. There's a sin of commission, which is when God says no, and you're like, yep, that's commission. The sin of omission is when God says to do it, and you're like, nope. And I believe at the end of our lives, there'll be more things that we were supposed to do that we didn't than things that we did that we weren't supposed to do. Don't be aspirin in the back at the end of the service. That kind of hurts your brain. I, um, I was thinking through this, that full-grown Christians really have, they have these three big ideas. And I was thinking about my journey. I've been, I've been walking with God now for about 20 years, uh, full-time. I got off the Verizon night and weekend plan. Come on. I was like the Olive Garden for a while. I was only family while I was at church. And now, okay, we'll keep going. Uh, but I, I've been following him full time since I was 20. And what I realized is that if we're really going to be mature and grow in our faith, uh, the first thing that all, all mature believers start the same way. They start with the first word I want to share with you today. It starts with belief. Some of you are like, Mark, I'll never be a disciple because I don't believe. I don't think I'll ever be a Christian. I have a hard time believing. And I'm not trying to be too shallow today, but I'd like to start on the first step of the swimming pool. We'll work our way to the deep end. But let me start at the first step by saying everything dynamic with God starts with belief. Everything dynamic with God starts with belief. I believe that you'll never see the power of God until you get some belief. Belief is the electricity that turns the TV on called the Bible. You can memorize the Bible, know the Bible, cite the Bible, go to church, and never see any power because belief is what turns on the things of God. Some of you say, Mark, I can't believe. I'm too smart to believe in God. Christianity is for those simple people. Come on, you ever, who's, who's met an arrogant atheist? 
That's for those simple people. Jesus is a crutch for those simple people. I'm always like, Lord, in a loving way, Lord, break their legs. Let them know that great crutch that I enjoy. I'm kidding, but seriously, though. Um, many people say, I can't believe in God. Why can't you believe in God? I think many, many people don't realize it's easy to believe in God. I would go on the record to say it takes more faith not to believe than it does to believe. Why would you say something so audacious? Because if I'm wrong in my belief, nothing changes. If you're wrong, everything changes. What do you mean? If, if Christians live their whole lives believing in the Bible, following Jesus, doing what he said to do, we're going to live a morally sound life, probably going to be married our whole life, probably raise some kids that are good citizens, be a good neighbor, love our enemies, bless those that curse us, pay our taxes to Caesar, and all of a sudden at the end of our life, if we're wrong, we're in the dirt forever. We miss out on nothing. If you say that God's not real, though, and you say, I don't believe it, and you're wrong, not only do you miss out on this life, you're gambling with eternity. So for that, I say, you got way more faith than I do. I'm not missing out on anything if I'm wrong. That's quite up in the Presbyterian church. Can I tell the truth in love? I think it's so important to remind some people that belief starts with this idea that God, maybe you are who you claim to be. Some say, well, Jesus was like a good, he was a good teacher. But that's it. The problem is he never claimed to be just a good teacher. Some religions say, well, he was a prophet. That's all he was. He was just a prophet. Well, the problem is Jesus never claimed to be just a prophet. And we're like, well, Jesus was just, he was just, he was just a good, like, religious figure, but he wasn't, like, the main one. Here's the problem. He claimed to be the main one. He said crazy stuff. Jesus was either God or he was crazy. Because he's saying things like, I am the door. No one gets to the Father except through me. I'm the way, not a way, I'm the way. I'm the truth, not a truth, I'm the truth. I am the life. I am not a life, I am the life. It's audacious, Jesus. He said things like this. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. It's pretty bold, Jesus. Remember that one day they had a, a Gideon revival at church? John chapter 6, verse 66. Remember that? He's like, hey, unless you drink my flesh and eat my blood, you want to inherit the kingdom of God? Everyone's like, whoa. Jesus, that's like weird. Drinking blood, eating flesh. And there is zero explanation. You know, Peter's like, uh, the church is going to lose some members today, Lord. Uh, you better ex expound, please. Expound. And Jesus is like, nope. All of a sudden, people start getting up and walking out of the tents. And Jesus is like, bye, Felicia. Okay, he didn't say that. That was from a movie. Um, he, uh, he didn't stop him. That's my point. He didn't stop him. And it's interesting that when they left, he, uh, he didn't say anything. And uh, he, he somehow, in, in many ways, and he looked at the disciples and said, you guys going to leave? And Peter's like, where are we going to go? Yeah. You're my plan A, B, and C. <laughs> I don't have a plan B. I don't have a plan C. You're, we, we know that your words, they hold the power to eternal life. Yeah. Are you still with me today? So I, I think that belief is, is where it starts. If we're going to be disciples... Everything dynamic with God starts with belief. Well, I can't believe I'm too smart. Well, if you're so smart, look at space. I dare you to look to the skies. 200 billion stars just in our galaxy. Where does it end? How did it all begin? Say with me, Jesus. 
I don't believe. Well, how about this? Look to the earth. Look at creation. So many variations of varieties. Look at the doodles. Come on. So much beauty. According to Elton John, a circle of life. How did it all come to be? Why does it work all so perfectly in synchronized, so synchronized? How, how are we the perfect distance from the sun that we don't freeze or we don't burn up? How is there just the right climate for human beings to exist in the earth? How do they say that things have somehow gotten, somehow uh, they, they believe that things have evolved out of nothing into something? I parked my car in a desert for 2,000 years. It doesn't get better. It gets worse. So how would we believe that we evolved from nothing into something? Listen to me. We look no further than the earth to believe. Well, I don't know if I believe in that. Look to ethics then. Why in the world throughout history, why, why does all of humanity have morals? Why is there a common sense of right and wrong in everybody? Throughout history in every nation, continent, and tribe, if murder was bad, courage was good. Why do we value things the same? Could it be that someone wired us this way? Who programmed us? We look to the Bible. We look to God's word. Examine the wisdom of it. Apply it to your money. Watch how you get out of debt. Apply it to your marriage and your fidelity and watch how your marriage is blessed. Apply it to your prayer life and see coincidences as you talk to God about your life. Apply the Bible and watch it work in your life. So many experiences. Trace the preservation of the Bible. Dictators, neo, people throughout history have opposed, stood against, outlawed. Why is the Bible the only book that's ever been outlawed? People aren't pushing the Quran out of countries. They're not banning the Book of Mormon from nations. Why is the Bible capital punishment in certain nations? Could it be that those nations know that it's the only book that has the power to change? Well, if God was real, wouldn't he make the Bible a big deal? My answer is yes. Have you looked at the fact that the Bible was the first book ever translated, mass translated? It was the first book on the printing press to be mass reproduced. It has been the best-selling literature on the earth since its origins. Every single year, no book on the earth is even close to the distribution numbers of the Bible. So much so that the, the Einsteins of the New York Times no longer even listed on the bestseller list. It is the unspoken obvious. Of course, the Bible is the number one book. Could it be that the most produced book, the most circulated book, the most, the most uh, opposed book, could it be if there was a real devil that you would oppose the book that has the most power? I would look to the Bible. That's coincidental. That's where the Bible is such a opposed scripture, supposed book. If I was a doubter today, I would look at the empty tomb. I would look at the resurrection of Jesus. Quite frankly, friends, listen to me, if you're logical. We would never know Jesus' name if he didn't get out of the grave. First, come on, these, these carpenters in the first century, we don't remember first century carpenters, rabbis, unorthodox rabbis, with 11 hodgepodge followers that weren't from Cambridge or Oxford. They were cussing fishermen. They were cheating tax collectors. 
Are you hearing that we, we don't learn about people that change the world unless what they claimed actually happened? Can I go further? So many of those that claim to have seen the risen Jesus died with that testimony on their lips. People don't die for those type of lies. You know why they were willing to die saying that Jesus did come out of the grave? That I did see him for 40 days? That his spirit did fill the upper room? That he did give us power from on high? I'm willing to die. You know why? Because I saw Jesus get out of the grave. And if he rised, I'll rise too. If you're going to clap, give God a good hand clap today. I don't believe. Well, how about we look at Jesus then? No other man in all of history has ever caused so many questions, stirred so many hearts, and answered some of the hardest things that life has ever discussed. We don't know any name more than the name of Jesus. How about this, logical people? How about why is it that when you, when you slam your finger in the door as a non-believer, you don't shout Buddha? Why don't you shout Muhammad? Why don't you shout Joseph Smith? You know why you shout Jesus Christ? Because even though you don't believe, you still feel the power in his name. There is no other name under heaven by which men can be saved. That name has power. Jesus Christ. Yeah, you feel it. You feel it, don't you? You feel it. You say the F word, it loses power. You say the S word, it eventually loses power. But when you shout Jesus Christ, something on the back of your, those hairs on the back of your neck, they start standing up. Whoa, felt that? Why don't you shout anybody's name? Why aren't you shouting any other religious figure's name? Come on, atheist, where, where, where are you at? Why are we shouting any other? Why are we shouting Confucius? Why are we shouting those names? Because there's no power in their names. There's no power. That's why there's no other name under heaven by which we can be saved. Jesus Christ. Powerful, glorious name. Listen, God isn't a figment of my imagination. My imagination is not capable of thinking of something so glorious. I would stake my life that there is a God worth believing in. And again, in love, all my friends that don't believe, what do you have to lose? I've always wondered that, well, I just don't want to go out there and like open up my heart and then he's not real. It's like, okay, where does that leave you? Back where you're at. So you miss nothing. But if he's real, you gain the world. So I would say, disciples, first step, it starts with belief. I wonder if there's anybody courageous enough in Orange County to say, God, maybe I don't know you yet, but I'm willing to step out a little bit and say, God, if you're real, I want to believe. The problem is some of you have been so hurt by Christians or churches that you would say, you're, you're, you know you're hard-hearted because you say, even if God was real, I wouldn't serve him. That's what you got to let God heal today. Amen? I think it's so important. And so the second thing I want you to write down, if we're going to really be mature disciples, mature followers. If we're going to get full grown, we have to start with saying, God, I want to fully believe. Secondly, I want to go beyond belief. Is I got to, listen, I think most messages on the Great Commission are great. Not a great there. Those Great Commission messages, they're great. <laughs> Bless myself sometimes. Um, 
But if we're being honest, so many times you read Matthew 28 or you read Mark 16 or you read uh, even Acts chapter 1, and you almost feel guilty for not doing enough. And I think God wants to challenge us to do more. But I, I just want to start here and say this. Before you'll ever do anything great for God, you have to be with him. I want you to write this down today. Is I believe true disciples, they don't just believe they spend time being with Jesus. We know the story of, come on, Martha and Mary. You guys remember that story? Jesus knocks on the door. Martha opens the door. Jesus like, hey, can we have lunch here? Martha runs into the kitchen. She throws like four or five uh, loaves of bread. She gets her butter knife out. She's making peanut butter and Jays. Come on, somebody. Not really. Come on. But I'm just trying to make it modern day. She's, she's hustling in the kitchen. And all of a sudden, she's looking around and said, where in the world is Mary? Mary! And so she's, 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 she's irritated. She's working for God. She's, she's getting ready to serve God. She's on a mission to help God. She's going to feed God and God's people. She's working away in the kitchen. Things are banging in the kitchen. And it's kind of like, you, you ever had that happen before? Like, someone's trying to, you're trying to wake your spouse up. You start putting the dishes away. That's what Martha's probably doing. She's furious. Where the heck is Mary? I'm doing everything for God. She has the audacity to be out there sitting at his feet. And I love it because religious people that do, listen, I'm, I'm not, I think we should do great things for God. But if you are so focused on doing and not being, you'll do the same thing Martha did. You know what Martha did in Luke 10 verse 38? Martha actually went out and started bossing God around. She slams the kitchen door. She walks out. She's like, Jesus, come here. Come here. We got to talk. Come here. Come here. Look, I got a great meal coming. Um, you need to talk to Mary. You need to tell her that she needs to stop sitting at your feet, and she needs to get in the kitchen and do something for God. That's what religion always does. Religion gets so busy doing that we start pointing fingers at people that are actually valuing the presence. Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus. And she wasn't just fired up because she was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Back in those days, you could only sit at his feet if, you be- if the rabbi believed that you could be their disciples. That was a big no-no if you're a woman in the first century. You, you, you weren't allowed to sit at a rabbi's feet. But here's Jesus breaking all the protocol. He's like, oh, Mary, you want to sit at my feet? Watch what he says to Martha. He says, Martha, Martha, Martha. <laughs> Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. He goes, Mary has chosen the one thing. I think that one of the things we got to remind ourselves is before we do anything dynamic for God, we got to remind ourselves we can't get too busy to spend time with him. Yeah. Write this down. We have to be with him before we do for him. Yeah. Be with him before you do for him. Be with him before you do with him. Are you hearing me, you hearing me today? We got to make sure we spend time with him. You know, Solomon changed the world with wisdom because he loved people. But David was better because he was a man after God's own heart. Because he says, the one thing I desire, that which I seek, is that I might dwell in the house of the Lord. To behold the beauty. You know why David was greater than Solomon? Because Solomon, when he was hungry for success and wisdom, David was hungry for God. 
I want to be like David and say, God, one thing that I desire, one thing that I seek is I want to be, I want to be with Jesus. And I want to encourage you today, friends, you can't give what you don't possess. How about write this down? What you do is important, but who you are is more important. Do you know that you're called a human being, not a human doing? And you'll never do great things for God until you spend time being with him. I'm not, look, I'm not, I'm not, this is, this is so elementary. But I'll be honest, isn't it funny how it's not the complex stuff we screw up sometimes? It's the basic stuff. Here's the basic stuff. Before I honor anything else, wake up in the morning and spend time honoring God. I want to remind Oceans this week, everyone watching online, homework assignment. Before I honor the God of Instagram, before I honor the God of Facebook, the newspaper, my email, my text messages, before I honor anybody else, the first part of my day belongs to Jesus. Problem is, is you're giving yourself to other people and you're not giving them the full you because you're not the full you without God. Write this down. I really believe this. The state that you are in is the state that you give to others. The state that I am in is the state that I give to others. If you're not with God, you're not going to give God to others. We get like Martha sometimes. We're like, I got to change my world. But you're not spending time being. Hey, Oceans, can we be a church that doesn't mind being with them? I just want to be with them. I want to come into his presence with no agenda. People say, Mark, what's the difference between when you study for messages or when you're spending time with God? Usually, it's the difference between reading the Bible with a pen and reading with no pen. I'm not trying to get some revelation. I'm just trying to spend time with him. Will we be a church that'll be with him? And I really do believe we'll be some mature believers if we'll say, God, give me faith to believe. God, give me a schedule that would spend time being with you. And I really do believe if you'll be with him, see, uh, a third thing I want you to write down is I do believe the goal of mature faith is to become like him. Become like God? That's Lucifer. No. Say this with me. Motive matters. Satan fell not because he wanted to become like God. He fell because he wanted to get the glory that belonged to God. Christianity is about becoming like Jesus. That's why in Antioch, they're like, these guys are like little Jesuses. Let's call them Christians. Do you know that Christian was like a slang nickname? That the people of Antioch, they thought they were going to like make fun of the Christians. Like these guys are, because they were, they were really well known in that city for making up like nicknames that were sarcastic, that were facetious to dishonor people. But they're like, they're like little Jesuses. Let's call them Christians. And the Christians are like, I kind of like that keep it coming I think that our goal is to become like him here's the difference is that we want to be like him to glorify him we want to have a faith like he has to glorify him we want to pray like he prays so that we can glorify him we want to actually be hungry for what he's hungry for because we want to glorify him how do you know because he said by this my father is glorified that you would go and that you would bear much fruit do you know that living a fruitful life is a life that glorifies him what kind of fruit are you supposed to produce jesus fruit 
if Jesus was into holiness, we're supposed to be into it. If he's into purity, we're supposed to be into it. If he's into the Bible, we're supposed to be into it. If he's into bringing light to dark places, we're supposed to be into it. If we're supposed to be a city on it, are you hearing me today? I'll order what Jesus is having. Let's do it that way. Oh, he's ordering change in California? I'll get the same thing. He wants to raise up some godly men, godly women? I'll pray the same thing. He wants to bring heaven to earth? I'll pray the same thing. I'll order what he's getting. Where are the disciples that are becoming like Jesus? I believe your schedule determines what you're becoming. You can say all day long, I'm going to become like Jesus until your schedule reflects it. I believe time determines seeds of our future harvest. I'll say it again. Time determines seeds of our future harvest. Jesus said things like, as he is, so are we in this world. Greater works will you do, he said, because I go to the Father. We're going to be disciples that are full of God's wisdom, full of God's spirit, that are faith-filled, word-driven, spirit-intoxicated, stewards of his glory, stokers of his fire, mature believers that know how to deny our flesh, crucify it, walk in the spirit, and live and impact the world like Jesus. Where are those Christians? Where are the full-grown Christians at? All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all. I'd like to remind you, friends, this is a lie circulating even in Orange County that God doesn't want you in the world. He just wants you in the church. Listen to me. Jesus didn't die to create Christian ghettos. If he did, John 3.16 would read this way. For God so loved the church that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Last time I checked, Sports Center says it this way. God so loved the And I want to ask you a grown-up question. Do you believe it or not? Do you believe the goal of Christianity is just to have heaven in our hearts and not be influenced by Babylon? Or like Daniel, do you believe that God could raise you up? That you could actually influence four kings over seven decades and bring light into a dark kingdom? Daniel, at his core, was an influencer. You are what God says you are. You can do what God says you can do. And if you're a politician, you should be a politician for Jesus. And if you're an educator, you should educate for Jesus. And if you're an entrepreneur, you should be the most dynamic entrepreneur for Jesus. If you're a, if you're a, a stay-at-home dad or mom, if you're a mailman, if you're a dog catcher, if you're, a, if you're an IRS employee, do what you do for the glory of God. Come on, if you believe it, put your hands together. We will be the salt. We will be the light. We'll be a city on a hill. Come on, just stand to your feet. I feel His presence. We're going to be a church that raises up some full-grown Christians. Christians that know how to believe. Disciples that know how to be with Him. And after we're with Him, we start becoming like Him. I want to remind you the goal of Christianity is not to become like your favorite pastor. It's to become like Jesus. The problem is today, though, is we'd rather get a selfie with Moses than go up onto the mountain and meet with God. I don't want to meet with Moses. I want to meet with God. 
feel something in here. We, we know sermons, but not scriptures. Yeah. We memorize songs, but not psalms. Where are the disciples at that get hungry for the source? Here's what my, my conviction is this. Man does not live by podcast alone. I love a good Bible teacher. I love a good sermon. But I'll tell you, here's my concern for American Christianity. If you don't learn how to dig your own well, you will spend the rest of your life transporting someone else's water. Where are the disciples? We're going to dig a well. We're going to invite His glory into our houses. We're going to fill, come on, from the White House to the Crack House. God wants to fill our region with His glory. Transform environments. Yeah. I'm grateful, man. I have a problem with Christians that say, well, the church just needs to stay out of everything. They need to stay out of media. They need to stay out of Hollywood. They need to stay out of politics. They need to stay out of education. They need to stay out of the business world. We need to separate the church from everything. That's The problem is that's not my Bible. The Bible I read says, go and make disciples of all. Come on. It's either true or it's not. But I want you to know on the record that here at Ocean's Church, we believe that God would, if we will, if we'll invite him, if we'll believe in him, he will raise us up to disciple nations. The kings, the priests, the business leaders, the, the movers, the shakers, we are the salt of the earth. We're the light of the world. You know what salt does? It seasons. It preserves. It flavors. Without us, the earth is bland. And that's why I'm grateful. In this church, listening to a message just like this, God would speak to a man in our church and say, you're a successful businessman. Now it's time to go make a difference in California. Look, I'm not here to endorse or promote politicians and politics. I'm here to endorse people that say yes to God's call. And if you're called, look, I can tell you people like, like Rebecca. Rebecca is one of the top people in, in Western Union, in the world. And she's representing Jesus in her circle. I could go around, I could tell you my friend, my friend Doug. Doug owns a magazine called Nobleman. And he is producing some of the greatest stuff for men. And he's been a light in that world. I, I'm grateful though that, that, again, in this church, my friend Anthony, Who's here? Is Anthony still here today? Is he here somewhere? He's here? Anthony, I think he's here somewhere. Anthony was in this service and he said, God spoke to me that I'm supposed to run for governor. And I'm grateful, listen, for people that are bold enough to say, I don't care about the outcome. I care about obedience. I'll step up. You want me to run for principal of the school? Director of the school board? If you want me to be neighborhood watch? You want me to run for homeowners association? I'll be what you want me to be. Let me ask you, church. Do we believe, listen, let's bring that a little bit. Do we believe that we can impact nations? You either believe it or you don't. But here's the problem. If you don't believe it, then don't complain when the world goes to hell. You have, you have, you have dis, you have dis, you, you've, you've uh, dismantled your option to complain when you say well Christians shouldn't be in the world they should just be in the church then when the world goes crazy don't say nothing 
But if you believe the light in you is not for you, it's for the world. Then you better get out there on the streets, the highways, the byways, and invite the world to the wedding feast of the Supper of the Lamb. That's our job. Our job is to populate heaven. Our job is to plunder hell. Our job is to give the devil a nervous breakdown. That's my job. My job is to pray wicked people out and to pray righteous people in. My job. My job is to do something in the local government, in my local schools. My job. My job is to bring heaven to earth. Ooh, I'm kicking some sacred cows, but I feel his glory. Where are the bold Christians? We're the ones that say, God made me this businessman to make a difference here. And maybe you work at a public school so you can't open the Bible and preach Jesus. I don't need a Bible to preach Jesus. I don't even need to say his name to preach. One man said, preach the gospel. If needed, use words. You can preach that ever say anything Christian. Where is the light of the world? I feel it. I feel his glory in these tents. Here's the issue though, is we'll, uh, I don't know, I just feel like a, a word, even a knowledge right now. God will bring you into the light when you stop compromising with the darkness. And I want to be really honest with you today. As long as you harbor those secrets and you justify the darkness, you'll never live in this light. Some of you are like, well, everybody does it. Everybody cuts corners. Everybody, everybody drinks too much sometimes. Everybody gets high. Everybody looks at porn. Everybody compromises. Everybody cheats. Everybody, everybody cuts corners. As long as you make mistakes, as long as you make excuses for the darkness, you'll never be God's light. So I'd like today on the behalf of our church, declare war on anything that's not God's light. Stealing, cheating, darkness. All of it, perversion. If it's not God, we're not into it. If Jesus is for it, we're for it. If Jesus is against it, we're against it. What's your stance on this? Well, here's my stance right here. How do you vote? I vote like this. I find candidates that represent this book the best. Ooh. I, uh, I pray for people to be raised up that represent this book the best. feel something in here put your hand in your hearts father i ask you in jesus christ's name that you would dethrone the wicked and you would raise up the righteous i'm here to sound an alarm in zion i'm here to remind god's people that you are the head and not the tail i'm here to remind you that you are the light of the world you're a city on a hill that can't be hidden look the world's gonna live lost the church has to live found we have to live like we know where we're going. We gotta talk like we know what the future holds. I don't know all the details of the future, but I certainly know who holds it. I know that heaven is my home. I know I got 70, 80, 90 years to populate heaven. I got a window of time to make a difference. Lord, I pray today like Daniel, that we would be Lord wise, integrous men and women that would stand for God. Put your hand on your heart today. Would you pray a bold prayer? Would you say, God, I give you permission to speak to me? Watch this. To challenge me and to push me out of anything 
that's not your light. I give you permission to repossess any of the dark habits, any of the compromise, any of the stuff that doesn't honor you. My worldview, I want it to be yours. My values, I want it to be yours. The way I see the world, I want to see it like yours. So today, I give you permission, convict, challenge, call me higher. Say it like you mean it, call me higher. The goal of Christianity isn't just belief. It's being with Him long enough that you start becoming like Him. I want to, anybody else want to be in here? I want to become more like Jesus for His glory. I want people to say, Mark, you remind me when I get around you, I just have more of an appetite for God. I want to be able to say to them, praise God. I want to, I want to come on. Anybody else in here, you get around your neighbors and they say, man, whenever I need someone to call in my time of need, I know who to call. You remind me of Jesus. Praise God. Where are those Christians? Where are those disciples? Can we ask an honest question today? Let's start from the, from the deep end of the shallow end. How many here today would say, Mark, you know what I want to do? I want to make it a value today to not become more like me, not, not to become more like my favorite celebrity, my favorite pastor. I want to make a priority today to become more like Jesus. And quite frankly, if he doesn't like something, I don't want to like it. But if he's into it, I want to go all in. How many would give God permission today to say, God, make me like you? Would you raise your hands up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I pray for every honest hand. I pray right now as our hands are up, we say, God, we give you permission to make me like you. Fill me, lead me, and guide me. In Jesus' name. Put your hand down. How many say, Mark, I realize I'll never become like him if I don't spend time being with him. Maybe you're like Martha right now. You're just doing way too much for God, and you're not spending enough time just enjoying it. How many just, I, I felt it this week. I'll be honest, I was praying like, God, I've been so busy lately. You know one thing I think God never wants anyone to say? Let me give you a really convicting sentence that Christians say. I don't ever in my life, whether I'm 40, 50, 70, 80 years old, ever be able to say this. I used to love Jesus more. I don't ever want to listen to my old messages and go, man, Mark, you used to have more fire. I don't want to read my old diaries and say, man, I used to pray with more hunger. I think the heart of God is that we would die hungrier and, and brighter than we ever were before. If you're here today and you say, Mark, would you pray for me that God would remind me to spend time with him this week? Before I honor anybody else, I want to spend time honoring you. I want to love you, want to know you, want to know you, just want to know you, just want to know you. Dare you to, come on, want to know you. Dare you to lift your hands, close your eyes. Can we worship? I want to know you. Make it your prayer. I want to know you. Glory come. I want to know you. Presence come. Sing that body, sing that body. We want make it personal day. Hey, I wanna, I wanna know you. I wanna know you. I wanna know you. Oh, tell us where you are. 
You gotta learn how to be in his presence. Some of you need to learn how to be fully present. Don't think about the game today. Don't think about your week. Be fully present. Yeah, be fully present. Have you ever uh, have you ever uh, 
been so hungry for a food and you got the food but you were distracted while you were eating maybe you were doing the bills maybe you're watching television and you didn't realize you just ate your favorite food in the world but you didn't remember how good it tasted and the reason wasn't that the food wasn't good it was because your mind wasn't fully present can I ask everybody today to fix your mind on him we want to be here with you today we want to honor you today we want to invite you today we're almost done I promise but I just feel his presence I just feel like you know one of the things God told us to do here in Orange County many churches have the presence of God stirring almost like the waters of Bethesda but it's like there's a bunch of crippled people that don't know how to get in and I feel like we're supposed to lovingly carry people into the waters while they're stirring I know we were singing I don't have a good voice Lord knows but I do know that when we sing to him we extol him the waters begin to stir there's someone in here you have Lyme's disease God as we were stirring the waters up the presence was stirring this place God's healing someone with Lyme's he's healing someone even right now you have some sort of palsy in your body I can't remember which palsy it is, but it's like your face has been numb. There's been like a, uh, a loss of feeling in your lips, in your ears, in your cheeks. God is restoring it right now. You might even be watching online right now. There's someone in here today, you have like some sort of chronic, uh, chronic uh, scar tissue in your lungs. It's been like some sort of serious, it's not going away. Doctors say you got to live with it the rest of your life. And I see God doing a creative miracle in your lungs today. And while I'm at it, Lord, I pray for Iman's lungs. I pray that, Lord, he would recover faster than the doctors anticipated. Jesus' name. I don't know why, I just feel like there's power to heal. If you need a miracle in your body, physically, spiritually, maybe you're depressed, maybe you're addicted, maybe you just have a broken heart today. If you would say, God, if you would heal me, I would love it. Would you raise your hand? I'll do two things they'll be done. If you need a, a physical miracle, I feel His presence to heal. I want you to lift your hands boldly today if you believe that God can heal you. I don't care if it's a thyroid condition. I don't care if your hormones are whacked out. We serve a God that can heal. Raise your hands. Someone has a financial need, a very significant financial need. I believe the Lord even today would, would answer that need. He would respond to your need. I even feel like the next 24 hours, God's going to turn the tide. You're going to get a phone call tomorrow that's going to open up every dollar you need for your, for your emergency. I see it happening right now. And why God's at it, He's going to bring a new stream of income into your life. I see it, I sense it, I declare it. But I want to pray for miracles right now. If you need a miracle in your body, lift your hands. Someone's hands up next to you. Guys with guys, girls with girls. Just so it doesn't get weird. Put your hand on their shoulder. Someone's hands up next to you. I want you to put your hand on them. If you need a miracle, I want you to come on. He's here today. I feel his presence. Would you, Oceans Church, you are deputized by the Spirit of God to bring stuff to earth as it is in heaven. So we're not begging today. We're believing today. As a believer, would you pray this prayer? Say, God, I believe. Say it like you mean it. God, I believe that you can heal, you can restore, and you can help them wherever their need is you said you know what it is before we asked you so we pray in Jesus Christ's name heal what's sick help what hurts and solve 
what needs solved liberate and wash them with your glorious kindness in Jesus Christ's name fill them right now yeah yeah fill them right now fill them right now so right now yeah yeah even right now someone's lymph nodes are being healed right now see it right now someone has some sort of like weird, weird pain inside of your hip it's inside of your hip God's healing the pain it's literally like on the inside of your hip bone God is healing it right now someone has a you got like a hernias like herniated disc God is healing someone's back right now he's healing someone that even has hernias I pray you'd heal right now cataracts heal right now glaucoma but heal right now yeah 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 I even pray right now for various forms of cancer I curse you at the roots cancer and I pray that God would heal cancer right now in Jesus name I pray for COVID I pray for anyone that has COVID that God they wouldn't die but they would live heal right now heal right now heal right now in Jesus name Jesus name say I receive it and I thank you for it give him a five second hand clap you believe he did something Last thing, last thing, we're done. Disciples, they become like God. They spend time being with Jesus. But remember, the on-ramp to all of the goodness is belief. If you're an atheist today, I believe God told me today's the day of salvation. If you're agnostic, maybe grew up with a different faith, I'm not throwing rocks at other faiths. I'm just saying there's something real today here. I'm not saying you have to change. I'm not saying you have to do what I do and be what I am. I'm giving you an invitation to know God like I do. If you want to know his voice, sense his presence, be changed by his love. This is your invite right now. I would ask you to close your eyes. I don't have much time. I'm out of time today. If you're here, we've, we've had, we had eight people in San Juan. We had eight people first service. And there's many more in this service online. You're watching. Today's the day that you get right with God. Today's the day you start believing. You've lived in doubt. Why not try faith? You've tasted doubt. You ready to taste faith? Let's believe. Anybody here today, eyes closed, heads bowed, say, Mark, I want to start the journey again. Maybe you've never known God. You've identified maybe as an agnostic or atheist. But you feel something in this tent today that is undeniable. It's not good preaching. It's not good musicianship. It's a good, it's a good God. It's the love and the presence of the Spirit of God. I want to pray for you today. If you want to give your life to God for the very first time, there's several of you today. Today's the day you, you surrender your heart. Some of you would say, I got to fix my life up, then I'll come to God. That's not true. You come to God and He fixes up your life. Saying that you're going to fix up your life and then get right with God is like saying, I'm going to rinse off in the sink before I get into the shower. You just get in the shower, he does the rest. If you're here today, today's the day. Or you're here and you need to rededicate your life to Jesus. You walked away, you need to get back on the bus. I'm rededicating my faith in God today. Either way, I want you to raise your hand on the count of three. No one's looking, I'm not gonna embarrass you, but there is a faith and a boldness here today to respond. I wanna pray right now, Lord, everyone that needs to respond, one, I pray on the count of three, they would lift their hands to you. Two, I pray that salvation would visit their homes today. Three, right now, hands up, real high. No one's looking, real high, real high, real high. No one's looking, no one's looking, 
No one's looking. I see two, three. Where you at? Real high. Four, five. Thank you. Real high. Real high. Real. Don't be scared. Real high. Six. Real high. Anybody else? I see six hands. I would even ask you online today. You're watching the service online, and you're like, God is speaking to me. I heard this whole, I feel like, Mark, you're talking directly to me. That is not me. That is the Spirit of God. God uses flawed people like me to, to communicate this perfect love story. And if you're online right now, I believe there could be more online today than all of our services in person. If you need to get right with God, I would encourage you right now just to write heart, H-E-A-R-T, as you watch this. I don't even care if you're watching this message a year after it aired. How many of God's word doesn't return void? I pray you'd speak right now, right heart right now. If you're one of those eight people that raised their hands, do me a favor all over the tent today. Would you pray this prayer with those people today? Would you pray it online and in the tent say, Jesus, say it like you mean it. Jesus, I invite you to be the God that I believe in. I want to be with you. I want to become like you. And I want you to glorify yourself through my life. Forgive me, heal me, deliver me, and fill me with your awesome Holy Spirit. From here out, be the leader and Lord of my life. In Jesus Christ's name, God's people said amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.